Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schubert, floating around producing this thing. We are all from the Draft Network, and we are brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all year long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head to betonline.ag to join now and receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to receive those rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. It's BetOnline, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, today we celebrate one of the most underrated food items in the world. It is World Egg day so happy world egg day to you uh yeah this is a good good strong take i agree with this wholeheartedly uh, it's, uh, eggs are pretty they're pretty versatile they make yeah. a lot of stuff better okay yeah. okay okay really quickly big board top five egg dishes go top oh, five. Oh, man. Top, five, top five egg Omel- dishes omelets go. is number one and yeah. that's really oh, all that eggs eggs benedict is number one and we, i will not be hearing otherwise I mean, just the fact that eggs are in, like, baked goods, you can eat them raw, you can eat them cooked, you can eat them boiled, you can eat them... That wasn't the big the big batters. Top five egg nobody's really though. nobody's really looking to eat eggs raw though. Let's be honest. Uh, Rocky Balboa will eat some eggs raw, and I've seen sure, him do that, sure, and it leads sure. to a lot of success, so... Sure. Love a good omelet, love a good scrambled egg, love a good bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Put some eggs and some fried rice, and it's it's amazing, right? That's also very good. Yeah. Uh, so big egg shout on a out burger. Eggs. Egg on a burger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, okay. it's okay. really good. Right. Yeah, I mean, what a what an ingredient. Food, whatever. I guess it's a food, right? Eggs are food. Yeah, it's a source of protein, it's, Joseph. It's a consumable, big time source of protein. Over fifteen kinds of vitamins and minerals you can find in inside eggs. eggs. Wow. Yeah. What a great start to our Friday. Yeah, Thanks for that, Joe. Just start your day with some some breakfast. Takes on some brekkie. Some, some brekkie. Takes on takes episode one seventy five. Two truths and a lie. Week four here on the show. I am ready to take over in the standings. Ooh. Got a lot of takes. For okay. Today. I, I got undefeated it. last week. I went undefeated. I, I know after guys after and last both. week. You're, I mean, you walked I, into it with your tail between your legs, talking about how you're in a hole. Like it can't be, you can't get out of it like, in one oh, week. Oh, geez, Rick, <laughs> I'm way behind. Lots of takes here on the show, and appreciate everybody tweeting me their takes. Um, I appreciate everybody uh, in the TDM Premium Discord. I do need to make a public service announcement to everybody oh. for the future of Takes on Takes. Okay, Takes on Takes isn't going, any, it's not going anywhere. 
we record the takes on take show on Thursdays. Okay. So I just, for, for people who send in their takes like late Thursday, early Friday morning, you then get bumped to the following week's show. So if you want to mm. get your takes in for the week that you send them in, they got to be in by Thursday morning. Okay. Like 11 Eastern Thursday morning, you got to get the take to me so that I can file it away for the show. So just a little bit of a public service announcement. Um, We've got a lengthy one here from Ryan McNichols, and that's who we're going to start with because he sent it in early this morning. And he said two, he's got two takes. And when your first take is that you're supporting me, you get in there. So you're definitely in. Mm. And then and then he's got to check the tape, a tear maker and a response to a question from Joe. So there's a wow. lot that Ryan has provided on the Friday wow. show. And so I felt like he was the perfect it's person. Just the to start. Uh, Ryan Ryan Day on the broadcast. So he will respond to Joe first because it is the quickest. And I believe this is when Joe asked, what do Eagles fans want? He said, while Eagles fans will gladly take a top-tier linebacker or running back in the first round, we know that Howie Roseman won't do it, so any mock draft projecting it is unrealistic. Howie will likely go to the trenches. They're all unrealistic right now. Howie will likely go to the trenches if value isn't there at other premier positions or do the thing he loves and trade now for the spicy stuff. Oh, and said, and, and trade. Now for the spicy stuff. There was, there was not a comma in there grammatically. My apologies. So there you go, Joe. You got your answer of what Eagles fans want yeah. in mock drafts. And I got a I got another tweet response. Somebody said defensive end and corner. So which would I think classify those premier positions that Ryan is talking yeah. about. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go out of order because his take to support me is a food take, and I don't want to start with a food take. Second take, not only should Frank Reich be on the hot seat, he should be in the group of coaches who could be fired in season. His personnel usage and play calling once the team crosses midfield is atrocious. I like Frank Reich. I might be unqualified to answer this question. I have a natural bias towards him. I wish him to to do well, and I want him to succeed with the Colts. But... No, there's no but. Joe, Joe is Joe is actually abstaining from this conversation. Right, but <laughs> at, this, at the same time, it you just have to objectively look at the shortcomings of Indianapolis and ask you how much of it Frank Reich is responsible for. And I think Frank Reich is less responsible for the shortcomings in the Indianapolis Colts right now than general manager Chris Ballard is. Ooh, amen. No, I mean, seriously. Yeah. Seriously, the, the flaws on the offensive line, you had a major question at – we talked about this. Every major question they had on the roster, they plug with a rookie. You know who that doesn't help? The head coach who needs to have a better football team here and now. If Frank, I mean, since 2018, 10 and 6, 7 and 9, 11 and 5, 9 and 8. They're 2, 2 and 1. I mean, is this this is fireable? Of those three, th- of the three of the four years you just mentioned, a winning season, and right now is a, is it five hundred? Joe, let's AFC, also be uh, let's let's also be honest. What were our expectations for the Colts this season? To win the AFC South. Yeah, and how many wins? Probably nine or ten. I think we had them at nine and eight. I think we had them. At we nine had and the eight. Colts at nine and eight. I'm pretty sure we did. I'll no, go back and I, yeah, go ahead, go back and listen. I'm not going to do it right now. But. We had a double. Di- that was a double digit win team for sure. A million still percent. might be there two, two and one. Do they look like one though? Man, you stack them up, baby. <laughs> so part yeah. of what Ryan, part of what Ryan is asking is first to check the tape on the Colts, and he did he did recognize that Kyle has already done this, but he was talking about the usage for Taylor and Hines and the rotation there, and 
and the play calling and settling for field goals. So that all got wrapped up into. But he asked, he, he gave me, he gave us, he gave us a really good idea. He's got a tier maker for next week. The coaching hot seat, coaching hot seat tier maker. Okay. From could be fired in season to has at least one more year. And then he has suggestions for the other tiers being fired at season's end for the losing record, fired at season's end for missing the playoffs, and could be fired early next season if no improvement. So we potentially got our tier maker for next week. Appreciate Ryan. I, all the work. I've counted down with that. Yeah, that's cool. So Thank we'll, you. So, with that. so Ryan, pencil that in. You'll you'll hear that next Wednesday. And then his second take, his t- second take, which is for me, and this is a support of, of Chris. While I enjoy type, while I enjoy toppings, the highest quality ingredient of a pizza are the dough and sauce, which are almost always made in house. As such, the best way to compare pizzas is to is to taste test with plain cheese pizzas. Yes, Ryan. Yes. I have a controversial take. Okay, this is it's for it's takes on takes. It's what we do here. I can do without the sauce. So it's you, you just want a breadstick? No, I want cheese. So you want cheesy bread? I want cheese and toppings and the dough, which I eat selectively. So, so you want a flat I, bread? I, I want a stromboli. You want a calzone? Yeah, tomato, tomato, sure. I, I want... The sauce is inconsequential to me, is what I'd say. I even like the white cheese or the white pizza. That doesn't have sauce at all. It's just got what, like ricotta or whatever it is. Joe is Joe's quiet over here. I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I've ne- we've never we've never crossed this bridge. Um, I'm a big fan of letting people like things. So like, all right, cool, do you? But man, like, what? You don't like the sauce on the pizza? <laughs> but I, I guess what I would say is I've I've known Kyle for a long time, and Italian food's never been a big part of what I've seen him consume. And when we go oh, to places that you would get like pizza or something like that he does get a stromboli or a calzone it's energy drinks and steaks for, for my friend kyle <laughs> uh, seafood well, big seafood no, food. energy drinks and um also like random protein infused cereals or uh, pancakes or random shots of maple syrup I, you, you just have to experience it to see what it's like it's something, something different there when you're around kyle with uh with what he consumes uh, ZB's got to take fours here, and holy smokes! I don't know if this is a first-time taker, but this is the this might be the hottest take of the day. Whoa! If, if he declares, Sam Hartman is going to be no, a top. No, 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 no! I'm out. I gotta go get the poop hat here. <laughs> Sam go Hartman ahead. is going to be a top two quarterback in the 2023 draft by year two. And then in all caps, oh. underrated. Wow. So he's not promising where he's drafted or anything like that. He's saying that by the end of the second season, these guys are in the NFL. This guy's going to be a top two player from the class. So by the end of 2024, ZB is saying Sam Hartman is going to be a top two quarterback from that class. I think there's a better chance that by the end of 2024, Sam Hartman has zero career passing yards in the NFL. <laughs> Preach. Wow. He's so look, listen, he he's a fun player, right? He's a really fun college quarterback. But I think if you look at the offense that he plays in, his physical attributes, he has a very steep uphill climb. Yes. To being an impactful NFL quarterback. So I would I would be more inclined to side with Joe on this front. 
Let's take from Andrew. And he's got a comment for the show. Take the Houston Texans should trade for Justin Fields during the 2023 NFL draft. Yeah. If you get a good, get a good price on him. I think that'd be a really yeah. good roll of the dice for, for Houston. And then his comment about the show is that he would love for us to talk about and compare Trenton Simpson and Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa. So just mm. a little, little, little note, mm-hmm. maybe for mm-hmm. check the mm-hmm. tape next week. Maybe we can get some Trenton Simpson in there. Maybe perhaps, 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 perhaps. perhaps. Uh, let's take from Tell. Take the realistic trade moves that could change the NFC the most would be the Rams trading for an offensive lineman, maybe from Carolina, and most importantly, the Packers trading for DJ Moore. Okay. Why would the Carolina Panthers be trading their offensive lineman? Who's their... Everybody's everybody thinks the Panthers are going to have an all-out fire sale right now. Right, I've seen it across like six fan bases. Like, who would you want from the Panthers? Would you want uh, J.C. Horn, Brian Burns, uh, Taylor Moton? Yeah, like all their cornerstone players that are actually yeah. the players that are worth keeping. Could you trade for live music? <sighs> we just got it four years ago, Chris. I you listen, can't so take I, it this fast. You, Why you do you think Joe me, always drives to Atlanta for concerts? <laughs> <laughs> so you you made that comment. I, it was, I think it was on yesterday's show, and I went and listened to the the actual I comments. Listened, holy smokes, was that rough for Dave? Dude, Pepper. can we can we have a moment on this? Because now that you, you, we can yeah, bond over this, sure. sure. Like, well, I I'm just surprised that he got got up there and had like a very defensive, annoyed tone about him. Right? Like, yeah, like how do you not get up there and be anything other than you know what? We're committed to doing everything that we can to get the right head coach in here. It didn't go the way that we wanted it to. We thank Coach Rule for his efforts, but we really need to move forward and find the right direction for this football team. We're going to do everything in our power to to, to get it right. Like that wasn't he. He should have had an easy win there. Getting rid of Rule should have been an easy win, and he turned it into a massive L because he got so defensive. He's like, like they asked him about like what Steve Wilkes said. You should ask Steve. You you can't just give us like a little bit of insight that he was excited when you had the conversation with him. Right. And then he throws his coach under the bus when they talk about Phil Snow, and he's like, yeah, you know, you're gonna have to ask coach. You know, I don't make those decisions. Like, dude, come on, you're the owner of the team. He's a problem. Like it's easy go up there, go up there, be like. And take responsibility. I was the one that made this decision. It didn't right. work out. We had to make a change. We're going to course correct. We're, it, this might take a little bit longer, but we are trying to put the Carolina Panthers in the best position to succeed moving forward. And, it's not difficult. And I don't know where this came from, but somebody on Thursday posted in the TDN Premium Discord uh, a clip that said Tepper was the one who axed the Stafford trade, that they, yeah. they actually had a deal in place at the Senior Bowl to get Stafford. Um and Tepper at the last minute threw the brakes on because he wanted to know more about Matt Stafford's back injury. And then the Rams were like, okay, yeah. And in 48 hours it was done and he was going to the Rams. He, um, but Te- Dave Tepper would like you to know the offensive line's the best it's ever been since he's been the owner. That was, that was a he big did part make, of what. That was a very yeah. weird thing to just out of nowhere, unpromptly yeah. say during his press conference. Yeah. It was, I gotta be honest with you. I'm not a fan of Matt rule. I don't. I think Matt Rule was low on the totem pole of problems there in Carolina. <laughs> but that's my that's my take. That's my hot take here on a Friday for you. Okay. <laughs> this guy's weird, man. Speaking of the Panthers, this take from Dolphins Grace. If the Panthers and Patriots have a head coach opening next year, if this was before the rule firing, the more desirable job is the Panthers as a head coach. But if both teams had a GM a GM opening, the Patriots GM job is more desirable than the Panthers. Yes, because you have a better owner in New England. Yeah, but why is the coaching job better in Carolina? 
better talent. Is that okay? I would oh, agree. Okay. okay, and put yourself in the shoes of a new head coach that's coming into New England. Are you going to run the Belichick defensive system? You better, because oh, if you don't, yeah, you got a yeah, really yeah. rough yeah, a transition point. ahead of you. It's a good point. Yeah, that's an uphill climb. But I still think, I mean, I, you you also kind of have to look at it through that same lens, though. Like, if it's a better job for the GM because the owner, that kind of means that the coaching position is better because the owner, you, you do take a hit in talent, though. There's, there's no doubt about it. And Patriots probably have more assets coming up, too, right? Like, the Panthers are paying paying for some of these trades, mackerel trade and stuff like that. They're, oh they're yeah, they picks, gave up. Right? A, they gave up like a, a three, <laughs> three for that, right? I I did enjoy. Yeah. I did. I did enjoy during the press conference. Tepper going, listen, nobody's got more money than we do. Everyone has the same amount of draft capital, and I'm like, you know, Dave, no, no, you start no, that's, you that, start that's, that way. That's you start that way. True, but you've uh, kind of given a lot of it away. Okay, and ironically, the Panthers' third rounder went to New England. That was the deal. So the Patriots <laughs> actually have the Panthers third round pick. Uh, so like a top 80 pick or something like not top 90 pick. The Panthers currently have a one, a two, a four, a five. And that's it. They yeah. gave their three for the corral trade. They gave their six for Stefan Gilmore. Hmm. Who's now in Indianapolis playing. And their seventh went to Jacksonville for LaVisca Chenault. They also have um, they have a conditional four or five that is due to leave in 2024 uh, because of Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Their uh, 2024 sixth belongs to the Jaguars also because of the LaVisca Chenault chain. Oh my goodness! Okay, can we move and on? And their seventh, please? and their seventh belongs in twenty twenty four belongs to Tennessee, um, because of the Dennis Daly trade. But they got a five back in that deal. Okay, I'm going to continue the train. So no, everybody does not start with the same amount of draft capital. <laughs> in nineteen seventy, they did. In, right. <laughs> Steak for Matthew Turner. Take UCLA goes undefeated. They only have two ranked games remaining, Oregon and USC. The poise that they've shown so far and schedule gives them a great shot with how the star players are playing. Okay, so they're at Oregon on the 22nd. It's next weekend. We've already talked about that game this week. Then they go Stanford. That's a dub. Arizona State. Arizona's an upset team for somebody. ASU's an upset for somebody every year. Somebody gets tripped up against ASU. It's usually Oregon. It's usually Oregon. Usually Oregon, yep. Wouldn't rule it out. Uh, then they're home against Arizona. That's a dub. Oh, it, Jetfish got that team playing pretty well down there at U of A. I wouldn't that, be surprised. That's that's fine. You can. Okay. All right. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, and then you have UCLA, USC on November 19th, and then they finish at Cal. I think at worst they're 10-2. and two. The, the take is that they'll be undefeated, right? Yes. Correct. I, I'm going to say no to that. Um, and that's because, like, it's hard for Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama to go undefeated, right? And I'm not just going to put UCLA in a category where everything that's going to go the way it should will. And I respect what they're doing. I like the trajectory. They're a good team. They're I think they're positioned well to win the Pac-12. But undefeated takes it to a level I'm uncomfortable. This take from the Duke 0811 take. 
James Madison will push for a playoff spot if they go undefeated and win the Sun Belt. No, the last no game path. of the year will be against a potentially undefeated Coastal Carolina, yeah. then a conference championship game. There's no path. Listen, There's no path do you for know, James Madison. Do you know how many years I had to scream to get Cincinnati in the playoff? Right. They are not putting no James Madison in there. As mid-major Chris, listen, I would love nothing more, but this ain't happening. It's just not. <laughs> yeah, They probably should have played a better non-conference schedule. Well, I yeah, I don't know Norfolk how it, State. They got Louisville, Louisville. on their schedule. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. sure. Yeah. Louisville. 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 Um, we got a couple of Jets takes from Michael G. I'm only going to take one of them, though, because I don't want to turn this into a Jet show. But I will do this one because he attacks Joe, and I always love Joe responding what? to people. Well, I mean, it's about Elijah Vera Tucker, so you know what's coming. Okay. Elijah, Vera Tuck- Elijah Vera Tucker is the most versatile offensive lineman in the NFL, and not many could do what he has done at a high level. He was worth a trade-up in that draft because he is special, even though Joe Marino hated it, in which he was ve- he was wrong. Now, first of all, Joe, I'm going to come to your defense, okay? If you go back to the moment that the Jets traded up for Elijah Vera Tucker, and you said, hey, Joe, this guy's going to also play left tackle and be really good. He's going to be able to play right tackle and be really good, and he's going to be able to play both guard spots. I think you would have a very different feel about the Jets trading up for that kind of player. So I'm going to come to your defense here before you you talk. Okay. The first part of what he's talking about is he's claiming that Elijah Vera Tucker is the most versatile offensive lineman in the NFL, as if Elkton Jenkins hasn't already done exactly what Elijah Vera Tucker's done. All right. So and been like, named to Pro Bowls for it. Right. Okay. So let's pump the brakes there. What he's doing is not unprecedented. It's been done by other players. It's impressive, though. It's impressive, 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 but not unprecedented. Right. So yeah, let's, let's chill on the most because I just thought about it for one second and got a player that's more versatile and done at a higher level for longer. The other piece of this is pushing back on my criticism to the jets for trading up for Elijah Vera Tucker. It was never about Elijah Vera Tucker, not being a good football player that can help the jets and be a fixture for them for a long time. I always believed that about Elijah Vera Tucker. I had him graded accordingly. I've never had a bad thing to say about Elijah Vera Tucker as a prospect. The concern that I had was for a team like the Jets to have all the holes that they've had to give up the assets they they did to go get him. That was where I took exception with what the move was. If they would have just sat there and picked him, great. I pushed back because of the state of the Jets and the additional assets to get the player. But why do you hate Elijah Fair Tucker? <laughs> right. right. Where I'm sure he was like a top 20 player on my board and all that. Like, I love them. Joe, you you and I have had very healthy debates about where you stood with Elijah Fair Tucker. I think yeah. it's, I think it's, I, I think there's a mischaracterization that like, you hated Elijah Vera Tucker. I just think it was, right. it's very just like, unfair. I don't hate Marcus Davenport. I just don't trade two first round picks for him. Easy, easy. Let's not put what the Jets did with Elijah Vera Tucker. No, but I'm just saying, like, that's another another hill that I went on, and people got mad at me for for criticizing the trade. It's It's like, no, no, Davenport's a good player. It's just for the Saints, where you're at as a team, this this wasn't the guy that was going to help you maximize what's left for Drew Brees, and he wasn't. This take from why Sean Oren take Joe Woods really might be the worst defensive coordinator in the league. All of the talent and he keeps pooping in the punch bowl. I've never heard this before. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Joe Woods has been dismissed, has he not? Wow. He's could we, defensive coordinator for the Browns, right? Could we? I I'm fairly certain fairly certain he's been dismissed. Really? I believe I okay. saw that on social media this morning. 
I'm, 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 check, I'm checking the internet right now. I don't see anything, Joe, Kyle. I, I Googled Joe Woods. Okay, yeah. Excuse me, fake Schefter account got me. Oh, no. Oh, Time no. Out, Kyle. Dang. Dang. Oh, no. You, you know what? You know what? This is a one take. No. Man. You're not no, a, no, 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 if you Twitter search Joe Woods, literally the top hit is a fake Schefter account announcing that Joe Woods has been yeah, but making no, a change in no, defensive but coordinator. But there's no check mark. And it's Adam underscore Schefter. Just be better, Kyle. Come on. At least I didn't like retweet it and put it out into the world. I just you said did it, it on, on the show. show. I got Right. And guess what? You could cut it out. I could, but we're not now at this point. So <laughs> go ahead, Joe. Just got to take it out here. Um, is our criticism that the Browns are underachieving defensively? What's the spirit of what we're getting at here? Well, uh, do you want me to read the take again? Just so yes, we're... please. Yeah. Take Joe Woods really might be the worst defensive coordinator in the league. All of the talent, and he keeps pooping in the punch bowl. Again, I don't know what that means. Uh, t- they're twenty third in total defense, nineteenth or nineteenth is total defense, twenty third in, in points. I mean. I think you can look at their their defensive talent and really like what they have at every level. I don't love their interior defensive line. I think Clowney's always been a little overrated. I think their linebackers are okay. Secondary-wise, they, they should have a nice situation going there. They should be a tap, top half of the league defense. I, I would agree with that. Um, and so if you think that that's on Joe Woods for not having a top of, you know, top half of the league type defense, then I can get behind that. Um but I, I still I still think their interior D line leaves something to be desired. And that's important, especially in that division. Kyle? Yeah, I'm just gonna mind my own business here. Go ahead. Let's go to the next one. All right, I gotta find the, the next take for us here on the show. Let me scroll up here. Take popcorn. This is from Sean. Take popcorn is the most overrated food to eat. The taste is not good enough to warrant it getting stuck between my teeth every time I take a bite. The kernels are a problem, but it's they're not, popcorn's not overrated. You just got to know what you're signing yourself up for. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think it's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. It's not overrated. You just have to know what you're getting into. It's also on the list of things I've I've seen Kyle Krabs eat. So popcorn, yeah, yeah, I've seen him do it. This take from Max's dad, a 3-4 defense would prefer Jalen Carter to Will Anderson due to the difficulty finding 3-4 ends and the ease of finding 3-4 outside linebackers. Mm. Say it again. Take, a 3-4 defensive team would prefer Jalen Carter to Will Anderson due to the difficulty in finding 3-4 ends and the ease of finding 3-4 outside linebackers. Playing like Watt or something like that? What's the... You're going to play him at a 5-tech? Ask him to be a gap control player, not penetrate and get in the backfield yeah but like how many how many true gap control deep like even the odd front teams are still penetration like types an, in a lot like of an aaron donald type three four role is that what we're getting to kind of those mm-hmm. wider alignments probably he should i think carter's athletically yeah, gifted enough to do that i think he's scheme transcendent to be honest with you uh, you you got you figure it out with him um 
but is he a better prospect than Will Anderson? That's kind of the spirit of the take. Four, three, four teams, and his point is scarcity of position. Yeah, but but how often do teams frequently? How often are teams in just three, four, or four, three? They're not. Right, classify them as it's a B gap defender versus a C gap defender. I like him better as a B gap defender. Well, right, but I mean, like, is is he more dynamic? Is is the difference in what he get what Jalen Carter brings you is in the B gap a bigger difference and more scarce to find than what Will Anderson brings you from the C gap? There might be a case to be made there. Now, what does the transition for interior offense or interior defensive linemen look like to the next level versus pass rushers, who usually has quicker success? Outside guys. Right. So I think there's a lot of questions you got to ask yourself here. You want to play the long game? Do you want to model your defense in that way? Do you have a couple young guys on the outside that you feel good about? I don't I don't think you could just hold their resumes up against each other and, yeah. and pick one or the other and, and definitively say that Carter's got the better resume. Thought provoking take though. I appreciate that one. It was good. Yeah, for sure. We gotta take your take. We should stop making Halloween movies. Let Jamie Lee Curtis rest. From uh that that's from at grinding the tape. <laughs> that's exactly who that's from. Oh at God. grinding the tape. My wife loves them. Joe she loves them. Joe, I understand that. But you have to understand, this is about the seventh straight year that we've had a Halloween movie, and every single time is their final confrontation. Right. And it's like, but okay, I'm- well, like, how many times are we going to do the, the the last standoff? Seven straight years with, like, shameless... Like, Jamie Lee Curtis has been through it with this Michael Myers yeah. guy. Like, yeah. let her rest. Yeah, there's no... I, but I'm telling you, like, I've never seen a, one of these movies, right? But my wife loves them. And it brings her happiness. She enjoys these. She goes with her mom. And so it, it doesn't bother me. Um, and Jamie Lee Curtis is getting paid. I don't know. I'm good with it. Do you know I, how I many Halloween movies there are? Do you know I, how many Halloween be, movies are in the 15, franchise? I guess. 12. 15. 12? 13? Uh, you guys originally split the difference. I heard 12 and 15. Uh, there the are always uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. <laughs> Times two is 12, 13. This is the 13th okay. Halloween Okay, movie. 13, now, wait a that's minute. it, right? It's, it's the perfect number to end it on, right? Because right. Friday the 13th. Like, right, so but if you're going to do it, this is the way to do it. I guess. They already like they already did like a rehaul. They like already well, you, listen, redid it. We don't make anything new in today's society. We just reboot things. So Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween... Three, season of the witch, Halloween four, the return of Michael Myers, Halloween five, the revenge of Michael Myers, Halloween six, the curse of Michael Myers, Halloween H two O, twenty years later, Halloween Resurrection. We went right back to regular Halloween again. We made Halloween two again. Halloween. We went back to Halloween a third time. Halloween kills, and now Halloween ends. You've got three movies in the franchise that have the exact same name. How are we still doing? How <laughs> are we still doing this? What percentage well, this of the- Jamie Lee Curtis's movies do you think are dedicated to the right. Halloween series? This, this she, is a great. This she is keeps a great cash thing. and checks, man. Oh my goodness gracious, man! Oh, see, you're gonna. It's it's a very low percentage. She's in a lot of movies, dude. 
She's yeah. got a lot of stuff. Good. So then she's got other stuff going on. So let's let's put this one in the ground like Michael Myers is supposed to be because they kill him at the end of every movie and just move on. Spo- Dude, spoilers, man. Come on. I've never seen a single one of them, so I have no idea. Man, man. There you go, spoilers. Dies, but... Let's take from the sports nut take. Ken Dorsey would be a grand slam hire as Carolina's next head coach for a team that will be drafting a top quarterback in the draft to lead the franchise. I don't know anything about Ken Dorsey. Other than the fact that he freaked out in the, the stadium when they <laughs> lost in week three. That's the only thing I know about Ken Dorsey. Can, can we get Good. a full sample size to figure out like what his personnel yeah. sure. tendencies sure. are and his play calling and all that kind of like situational football? Like they've largely boat raced every team that they've played. They obviously had the big comeback against Baltimore. It's too soon to say. I think what you could like about Ken Dorsey is just kind of his his background coming up with the success he had at Miami as a quarterback there, um, you know, being a late round draft pick, a backup for a while, uh, being part of the best of the Carolina Panthers. He was a quarterback's coach there from 13 to 17. They're kind of the, the, the era where Cam was at his best and under Ron Rivera, he's been in Buffalo since 2019 you know, he's been Josh Allen's quarterback's coach since 2019. And now the OC, like he's on a good path. There's no question about it, but I still think it's fair to say, hey, let's see what the rest of this year brings as a coordinator, right? As more tape is out there on his tendencies and how he adjusts. Um, but I, I I like the endorsements that he'll have, and I li- I'll like his experience. Um, but, yeah, I think it's fair to say, hey, let the, let's let this play out a little bit longer you know, before you know we who's talk got, about it as a slam dunk. You know who, who's got plenty of tape? Hmm. Michael Myers. A lot of tape. Sports not had a follow up and said, "Take candy corn isn't as bad as many people make it out to no, be. It's not it as is. bad as these Halloween movies, man. No, it's it's bad. Candy it is corn bad. is not edible. It's not it edible. It is. Uh, Dolphins no, I, Chris, every take... year I try it and I'm like, good god, I can't believe people just eat, eat the bottoms. It's different flavors with throughout. Yeah, it's like M and M's. No, I don't believe we're you. not. We're not doing this. <laughs> I don't believe you. I think it's the same <laughs> all the way through. Dolphins craze. Take marshmallows. Are, marshmallows are the worst candy food thing. And this it is awful. Close. This is an awful S- take. S'mores also suck. They are impossible to eat and not worth the time and effort into getting and how awful they taste. Also, the whole s'mores by the fire thing experience is not fun. Why are kids being trusted to stick things into fire? <laughs> there's some good and there's some bad in this take, in my opinion. Um, I think marshmallows are generally bad. I like them in built puffs for whatever reason. I think they're delicious. I think there's something to be said about s'mores being extremely overrated and it being a crappy process to get them. It's the, like the juice is not worth the squeeze, but when you have a kid, you kind of put that aside because they get excited about it, right? They enjoy it. It's fun. It's something you can do with them. And so you buy into it for that reason. But, uh, yeah, I don't, if me, Chris and Kyle got together and had a campfire, I, we, I don't think we'd be interested in having s'mores because of all the the hassle he outlined i've got two more here i'm going to save a couple for next week's show about steak and stuff we'll get to them next week about steak uh, take from zach take dallas acquires brian burns for two first round picks and becomes the best pass rushing group in the nfl why would they do that they have a lot of other holes to fill yeah and they have they're playing like- well right now but I'd be very surprised if they went all that all in with premium assets for one player when right. you know they kind of already have a salary cap situation on their hands and Burns is going to get a lot of money. Well, and especially because D Law is obviously phenomenal. Micah Parsons is phenomenal. Dorrance Armstrong is a really nice depth player. 
Dante Fowler's been fairly productive. Like I, that's good enough, right? I don't need to give up two ones. If I'm giving up two ones, I better be helping myself in an area where my team is more deficient than edge rusher. Let's take from Alex. While everyone is predicting a CMC trade, the only running back will be traded at the half is James Robinson. While Robinson is currently held the RB1 spot for the Jaguars, they will eventually swap to ETN to be their lead back as he is a significantly more explosive running back. I like James. The more I watch Jaguars type tape, the more I appreciate him. I know that ETN's kind of been the bigger impact guy in the last couple weeks, but I still appreciate what James is, and I think they need him. I don't think that ETN's a guy that is is polished enough in all areas that that can be your lead back. I think you need a guy just like James Robinson. So if I'm Jacksonville, I'm not interested in disrupting that, especially given the low cost that is James Robinson. I lied. I have one more food take. This one from Ice Cold. The only seasonal candy worse than candy corn is Peeps. <laughs> they both suck. It goes right in the marsh. It's it's marshmallow but covered in sugar. What about those um those like little Easter eggs? They're um the Robin's eggs. Yeah, Robin's eggs. Those are really terrible as well. Mm, they're not as terrible as the Halloween movie franchise. But you're just gonna. <laughs> Did you know? Did you know that only twice in the history of thirteen movies have they actually logged successive movies in which the total domestic box office gross has gone up? They keep making these movies and they never outperform the previous movie. This is how I know we've lost Kyle. Is like there will be a couple of takes where Joe just answers them and Kyle is just not because he's lost. He's lost in down this Halloween rabbit hole from a couple of takes ago. All right, you guys want to lie to each other? Two truths and a lie. Imagine making yeah. sixty million dollars less on the sequel, which is actually the 12th movie, and then saying, you know what, let's make a 13th. We well, made $60 million is- less. We doubled the budget to make the movie and made $60 million less. Let's the, make another one. The Everybody's dying to see another one. The 2021 did well at $92 million at the at the uh, lifetime gross. Right, Joe, and the one the in 2000... The ever. Right, the one in 2018 did $159 million in gross. This 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 franchise is excuse is excuse me. It made sixty seven million dollars less. Not even sixty million dollars. Sixty seven million dollars less with twice the budget. And they said, "Yeah, let's do it again." I hope I hope it I hope it grosses like forty million dollars. Well, the, here's the, the name problem, of this one though. is literally Halloween Ends. It's that's got to be it, right? Well, one could only hope. Also, they're also releasing this one on the on Peacock, the streaming platform. So it's not only a movie release. So I guarantee you it doesn't do as well in the box office because people are just going to watch it at home. Good, good. You guys ever see uh, Tropic Thunder? The I the, begi- so the beginning out of the, the beginning with Ben Stiller where he like just does the same action movie over and over again. They call it the Scorcher franchise because all the actors have like a movie trailer from a different movie series that they're doing as the actors that they're playing within the movie. And it's uh, here we like Scorcher. It's later on like Scorcher Seven, and he goes, "Here we go again, dot dot dot, again." And it's just like it's this is what we're doing with Michael Myers. I'm sorry. I know we got football to talk about. Let's get back on track. Two truths and a lie is where we're at in the show. Hopefully, this can refocus Kyle here, and he's not down the rabbit. Close the tabs, Kyle. Just close the tabs. Don't do this to yourself. No, I got all my information up here because all of my my two truths and a lie is based on my updated TDM 100 ballot. Oh, I hate this. I hate this. I hate that you've gone this way. Son of a gun. Okay. This is what happens when you get our stuff right last week. Entering the week. Everybody's three and three. 
Everybody is three and three. I went first last week. I'm not going first again. I'll this go week first. Somebody else. I'll go first. Sure. Uh, okay. So number one, you guys ready? Uh, yep. I love the Halloween movie franchise. Lie. That's the lie. Lie. We win. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> okay. Seriously. Here we go. Uh, I have the same number of quarterbacks and wide receivers in the top 50 of my updated TDM 100 ballot, which comes out on Monday. The consensus rankings come out on Monday. I have Ohio State tight end Cade Stover as a top six tight end. 21 players from the September ballot are no longer on my October ballot. All right. So, Joe, I know one of the ones that's true. Okay. Okay. Tell us. I watched film of C.J. Stroud with this man, Kyle Krabs. This man loves Cade Stover. He's he's, He's... He's a top six tight end. There's not yeah, a doubt I, in my mind. Here's the thing is I I preliminarily scanned his his ballot. So I've I, just, oh, I had to submit it to Joe. Oh, so, so we have yeah. some inside info. So we have at least a little <laughs> okay, bit of inside but, so info. So I know here. that Stover's in there towards the end. It's just a matter of there's there's six, not seven and five. There's, there's not right, more. No. So that one's That's true. 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 One hundred percent. And I know for a fact because Kyle said that he 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 knows how much you are in on Stover and he thinks he's higher than Stover. So oh, I, easy. This is truthful. So quarterbacks and wide receivers in the top 50. Is that what he said? Okay. The same amount, the same amount. So let's do this. How many quarterbacks okay. do you think Kyle he's J. Gonna, Krabs has yeah. in the top 50? Levis, Stroud, Young, Ward. I think there's four. Four. So can we get to four wide receivers? Jordan Addison. Okay. Addison will be he, one of them. Quentin Johnson will be in there. Quentin Johnson. Jackson Smith not gonna, is he going to drop Jackson Smith and Jigma out of his no, top 50? No, he'll have him in there. So that's three. Can we come up with a fourth name? I know Bo- I know that he has Boutte. I saw that he still had him in there. I don't remember where it was. I don't think it was that low, though. So then, then we're at four, and then that would be the same number. Right. What is what? Anthony Richardson? We think he's outside the top 50? He has – no, I know where he has Anthony, Anthony Richardson very late. So he's not a top okay, 50. Okay, so I love this. I love well, that you have some yeah. inside info that can help us this week. This is fantastic. Yep. So then, based on this, we think the third one's the lie. 21's a big number, man. That's a, that's a massive number. It's a big number, and it's it's oddly specific, which makes me think that Kyle would want us to kind of lean into that, like, 21. Like, yeah, thinks that's true. I know that he's done a lot. I know that he's done a lot of very deliberate work to update his ballot. So – it wouldn't surprise me, but I think that there's enough truth to the first two to make me think three is the lie. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, you've, I think we talked this out very well. Our process was good. I love if Even if we're wrong, I think the process was good here. So we're going to submit three. The third statement is the lie, Kyle. You Confirming you believe 21 players from my September ballot are no longer on my October ballot is the lie. We, we believe that is the lie, yes. I would like a verbal confirmation from Joe as well. Verbal confirmation from Joe as well. You are both incorrect. You hate to see it. You absolutely hate to see it. Kate Stover is tight end eight. Oh, no, Joe. That's on me, man. That's on me. We should have done the thing, right? He's uh, Mayor Washington, Laporta, all strange. All, All is not on. Oh, you have one of the Utah tight ends? I do. Queethy or Queethy, I'm sure. Or yes. is it Kincaid? Okay, Queethy. 
So that's five. So you have two more ahead of him. Two more tight ends. Lay two? No. You said Mayor Washington. Mayor Washington. Queethy. Queethy. Laporta. All. Eric All is not on. Frick. I thought I had a fifth one. Did you say Tucker Craft? No. That would be five. That's five. Jaheim Bell? Ah, I forgot about guys like that. Yeah. If I would have done the thing. And then Brenton Strange from Penn State. All right. I get it. All right. I'll go. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Okay. These are all um, factual information, except for one of them is not going to be factual. And it's um, related to uh, against the spread and over under type stuff. Okay. The number one item that I'm going to give you is the Minnesota Vikings are tied for the worst record in the NFL this season against the spread at one and four. Minnesota Vikings are tied for the worst record in the NFL in this season against the spread at one and four. Okay. Number two, the Atlanta Falcons are a perfect five and zero oh against the spread this year and are the only team to cover in every single game so far in 2022. Ooh. Perfect five and zero, oh, and the only team to cover in every single game so far in 2022. The Atlanta okay. Falcons. Number three, the under has hit in every Denver Broncos game so far this season. Okay. So the Broncos played Seattle in Week One. Mm-hmm. That was a low-scoring game. They we played on Thursday night football. I, I mean, I feel comfortable saying we can pull up the scores of the game just to make sure we're thinking correctly. Uh, we don't Are you kidding? Listen. All right, all right, all right. Fine, 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 fine. I was, we'll do it. I was gonna be very severe. <laughs> <laughs> Chris was like, <laughs> fine, <laughs> fine. They won. They won the game against. Uh, they eleven to ten was the 49er game. That was right. An under. Right. Sixteen to nine. They beat the Texans. That was an under. Just Kyle. If the game didn't get to thirty, the under hit. Right. So I've, I mean, I've if the game didn't, if the, than, if the if the game didn't get to forty, odds are the under hit. Thirty five would be the benchmark for me because there are some some games that'll get into like the 36 and a half, 37. Okay, so Denver has they, played the Colts, the Seahawks, the Raiders, Col- Colts, Seahawks, Raiders. And we need two more. The Texans, 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 Colts, Seahawks, Raiders, Colts, Seahawks, Raiders, Texans. We need one more. And the 49ers. Texans, the Texans was a low scoring game, and the 49ers was eleven to ten. So 49ers low scoring game, Texans low scoring game, Colts low scoring game. Yes. What did they do against the Raiders? The Raiders, it was kind of high scoring. I think that almost got the 40. I would still feel comfortable with, with taking the under. So you think this is truthful? I think this one is truthful. Okay. All right, good. Now the, the Vikings being one and four against the spread is a direct inverse of what their current record is. So right. that's always a that, that's always a clue to me that, that something might be up there. Think about this. They certainly the one that they would have won against the spread would have been the, the Packer game because they won that game outright. They they definitely didn't cover the spread either way against the Eagles because if they were right, they it, was, it would have been they got, they blown, got blown out. out. So either direction it would have been fine. Yep. Their next the next three they won and they were close. Was they Saints. barely beat which they won by three. Yeah. So that was probably a push at best. Right. Because the Saints didn't have – the Saints had Andy Dalton starting. Right. Saints the didn't Vikings have any of their, their big big starters. 
so the Vikings were probably probably three-point favorites at worst for this argument. They were probably more than that. The Vikings were, I should say. Like, the Vikings were probably, at worst for us, three-point favorites, and then yep. it would have been a push. So one and four doesn't make any sense. So they were probably, like, four or five-point favorites, and they lost. They beat the Vic- They beat the Lions by, what, a touchdown? Four points? Mm-hmm. That was on the road. I'm going to say that's the lie. The Eagles are 5-0, the, the, and they've covered it in every game? No, the uh, Falcons. The Falcons. The, the other one is that the Falcons are 5-0 and against the spread, and they've covered in every game. They're the only team in the NFL to do so. That's the, that's the other information that Joe provided. That feels, re- that feels really specific. I still think Minnesota being 1-4 and four against the spread, I think, okay. is the lie. I love it. That's the lie. The first statement is a lie, Joe. Verbal commitments? Verbal Correct. commitment. Nobody gets a win here. The lie is that the under has hit in every Denver Broncos game so far this season. Uh, the Bengals and Colts are the only two teams to be worthy of that honor. The uh, the Broncos are 1-4 in terms of the under hitting. Pain. Painful. Okay. I gave it all back. I'm 0-2 now today. But all right. right. My three I, I need to get this one right, and then we can put Chris back in the gutter. That's if you guys goal. get this right, you'd be four and four, and I'd be in the gutter. If you get it wrong, then we're right. all right, the right, same. Right, we right, all right, had right, a terrible right, week. Right, 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 right. Okay, here we go. The Eagles and Jets are tied with the most receptions that gain 15-plus yards at 35. According to next-gen stats, the running back that has seen eight-plus defenders in the box at the highest percentage is Aaron Jones. And if we just took Tom Brady's stats from his 40s, he would be the Bears' all-time leader in passing. That last one is correct. I've seen it on social. I feel like that's got to be true. Okay, what was that? Can you give us that first one again, Chris? Uh, Absolutely. The Eagles and Jets are tied with the most receptions that gain 15-plus yards at 35. Okay, so I recently did some some research on on long completions, but I I focused on 20 and 40. The Bills have six completions of 40 yards or more to lead the NFL. So that would – Okay. Like, they would have to have so much more – I didn't look at that starting at 15, though. But what was 20? What was your 20 The Bills had statistics. like four. I remember some weird teams were in it. You said the – what two teams? The Eagles and the Jets? The Jets and the Eagles. Are tied for the most completions of 15 more or more yards? No, you know what? Chris got us with the Jets an oddity Jets statistic last week with the Corey Davis post rate. I did. I'm not. I'm not falling for it again. That's true. Which de facto means that Aaron Jones having the highest eight man box count is what I think the lie is. What is there? Okay, that feels like an easy. I have to come up with a lie, right? You you put any you could put you look it up and put two you or just three. Throw, in there. You just throw yeah. a name in there, right? Yeah, in man, are teams that disrespectful for Aaron Rodgers? I think that's probably what that's receivers. what I bet that's what Chris is banking on us thinking because they don't have any receivers. So we'd be like, oh yeah, they'll stuff the box because they right. don't care about the run. I mean, what about like the 49ers? What about the Browns? Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, and they they hammer the ball. They run the ball what like about crazy. The Browns. So I, that feeds into us thinking that's the lie, right? I think that's I think that's the lie. I'm not I'm not biting on Chris with this fun little Jets oddity. Jets offense is better than everybody thinks it is. 
statistic that he's he's broken out here because he's going to be cute. But he thinks that statement would mean that the Eagles and have the most above 15. 15. The Eagles and Jets are tied with the most 15-plus yard completions in the NFL. So, like, okay. Got, I bet rec- he got this off a of Jets podcast. No, I recently did this as well. So, I, on, on targeted throws 20-plus down the field, Josh Allen has 532 yards passing. I forgot Joe, who two is. Joe, and two is number doesn't three. doesn't have to be air yards. doesn't have to be air yards. Okay, you watch the you watch the Jets on Sunday. Did they hit completions that were freaking run after catch and all that stupid stuff? I watched nobody cover Brees Hall out of the backfield. Right, that's route. a 15-yard completion. It's true. Right? It was a 70-yard play. I'm locked in. I Aaron, think it's I think it's two as well. I'm Aaron Jones box count is the lie. Yeah, I'm with you. So just confirming you guys think the lie is according to next gen stats, the running back that has seen eight plus defenders at the highest percentage is Aaron Jones. That is what you guys both think is the lie. I yes. think that is the lie, and I'm also appreciative that you specified an outlet yeah, you know, because of what sure happened with problems. two truths and a lie yeah. the last time. Yeah. yeah. All right. You sure? You yes. think about it a little yes. bit more? Um, you're, no, you're I'm good. locked in. Okay. You guys are both correct. Yes, that is. Yes, correct. Aaron Jones actually sees the least amount of eight. Uh, <laughs> that we'd have been a real fool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who do who does have number one? Uh, I can look. I, I honestly just sorted it by the worst. I think it's I think it's Kareem Hunt. If I had to take a oh, guess, the at Browns. Um, and then Chubb's like number two. But I will say yes. The the teams that have the most receptions gaining fifteen plus yards, the Jets and Eagles both have thirty five. That where'd you where'd you find that stat? Uh, that was courtesy of PFF. Oh, okay. But yes. Yeah. Okay. So standings through, what, this is four weeks now? Yes. Four and four for Joe, four and four for Kyle, three and five for me. It is a hotly contested two truths and a lie. He thinks you love to see. Uh, we also love to see each and every one of you who swings by and checks out the show. Uh, we thank you for doing so. We thank our friends over at Bet Online for their continued support of the show as well. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Make it a great weekend. Enjoy all the football that awaits you, and we will talk with you all again on Monday. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com. Or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.